Welcome to a new episode of AI Chats, a podcast series produced by the law firm of Haynes and Boone and its lawyers from the firm's AI and deep learning practice group to explore the new, exciting, and ever-evolving world of artificial intelligence. My name is Eugene Goryanov. I'm a partner in the firm's Chicago office, and I'm joined today by my two colleagues, Dina Blickstein from the firm's New York office and Austin Lorch from the Dallas North office. Today, we're going to talk about AI and its use in the wine industry. But before we raise our glasses and talk about that, our standard disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish any attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. Uh, Let's kick off our discussion. AI is making a foray into many industries, and now I understand it's entering the wine industry. Dina, can you tell us how? Sure, and uh, thanks, Eugene. So with respect to how, uh, let's talk about different uses of AI first. And then as we go through today's discussion, we'll apply them to different parts of the wine industry. So the first one is autonomous vehicles. I think everyone here have heard of autonomous vehicles, uh, Tesla being one of them. And now autonomous vehicles are making their foray into the wine industry where they are traversing the vineyards for different reasons, completely autonomously without a driver. And they're looking at the wine. Uh, Another example of AI is image processing, where AI analyzes images of the vines and the grapes, and it uh, classifies those images to determine whether the grapes are healthy or were they're thirsty. And the last component is natural language processing, which traditionally was used to analyze words and languages and convert audio to text. And this type of of AI is also now making foray into the wine industry. Well, you mentioned about autonomous vehicles and robots being used in vineyards. Uh, Austin, you want to tell us about uh, how this is actually coming together? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's various companies that already use autonomous tractors, autonomous vehicles, uh, but as you mentioned, Kubota is the company, you know, that's taking this one step further. further. So um, it, they're taking a robot, pairing that with AI and having the robot move up and down the rows. Um, as it moves up and down the rows, um, they capture many images of the vines. And then afterwards, the images are analyzed by the AI. And then a determination is made to say, yes, the branches should be trimmed. Um, the plants, branches need to be watered or, you know, it's time to harvest the grapes. Sounds like a wine connoisseur of a uh, Skynet Terminator driving by, but that's pretty cool technology. Um, Dina, let's talk about AI and image processing itself. Um, how does that play into the wine develop- the wine industry? Uh, AI uses image processing to determine whether uh, the grapes are thirsty, if you can believe it, or if they're healthy. Uh, So here uh, we have a company called Sarah's Imaging uh, that captures pictures of the vines 
and also captures their thermal and infrared images. Right? It has an AI algorithm that analyzes the images and determines whether the grapes are thirsty or not. Right? Now, why is that important in the wine industry? Because grapes uh, that are thirsty uh, appear to be more sweet. So for certain types of wine, uh, the, the wineries are looking for grapes that are more so sweet than others. And it becomes very important to determine whether the wines have or do not have enough water. Now, one, uh, one trick to this is a way to determine whether the, uh, the wines are thirsty or not is combine uh, the pictures of the grapes with thermal images because the, the wines that are more thirsty uh, have, a, have a hotter temperature or have a higher temperature. So what AI does, it combines the, the pictures of the uh, pictures of the wines with the thermal data and uh, determines whether the temperature of certain uh, grapes or wines is higher than others. So how does the robot know, or rather, how does the AI know that um, what is the ideal thermal temperature, um, what have you, of a vine or of the grape? Is this based on like some extensive expertise, or is this just uh, an averaging process? Uh, that's a great uh, question, Eugene. Uh, it's actually based on uh, on training data, uh, just like uh, most of the AI-based uh, processes of software. Right, the AI is being trained on. Uh, grape uh, pictures and uh, thermal data of grapes that are thirsty, and also pictures and uh, thermal data of the grapes that are not thirsty. And it's being trained over and over and over again until AI starts to recognize uh, pictures of grapes that are thirsty and classify them as such. So basically, the AI has been trained through a long, long process of uh, trial and error by this company to be able to determine which grapes are good and which ones are struggling. Uh, that's right. Yes, it determines which grapes are thirsty, which grapes are not so thirsty. And, and actually, in some instances, it also grow, it goes a step further. It can also differentiate between grapes that are thirsty and grapes or vines that are sick. Uh, say, wow. Yeah, say, for example, from an insect infestation. Really? Okay, well, it sounds like that's an entirely different topic here, but I, mean, I would love to learn more about that. Hopefully, um, there are some resources that you can point me and our listeners to at the end of our conversation that people can follow up with. Now, if we move forward, I have read very recently that artificial intelligence has also been very helpful in the wine production process itself. Austin, you want to tell us how that works and if anybody's actually doing this in the field? Yeah, so after, after the, you know, the grapes are harvested and they're ready to turn them into wine, um, there's a company called Alytic and they're using AI for that process. Um, obviously to harvest the grapes, there's many factors to consider, but the production process, you could argue even has, uh, you know, many more considerations. So 
their AI is going to take the temperature of production, the order of production, how quickly wine needs to be changed over, um, and they're going to use that AI to make the most consistent and high-quality wines possible. Um, but then beyond the physical production of the wine, um, they, the AI can also ensure that the wines are being paired with the correct bottles, correct glasses, um, and then finally making sure that the wines wines are, are labeled correctly and then packaged efficiently. Um, because the winemaking process is just so complex, um, the anal- analytical side of AI is, is particularly beneficial. Um, Dina, did you want to say anything more about the AI analytics for the grape growing and wine harvesting process? Uh, sure. So something else AI does, it, uh, it does analytics on climate and different types of grapes, and it helps wineries determine when to plant grapes and when to harvest grapes uh, based on an area, climate, and the location. Right. So why is that important? Because now wineries can, um, can, can determine where to put their human and machine capital to efficiently plant and harvest the grapes. Right. So there's, a, there's some predictive analytics that, are being, that is being done by AI to make uh, grape planting and harvesting more efficient. Okay. Can you explain to me a little bit more what you mean by efficient uh, planting? Uh, efficient planting. So if, if, if a winery, say, has five locations in uh, various climates, right, AI can do analytics that will tell you which, gra- which grapes to plant in which location and also when to plant the grapes, right? So a winery is not in a position where it, can, it needs to plant simultaneously in multiple locations. Right. It can apportion the human and the machine capital to a specific location and more and stagger the planting in an efficient way. Sounds like something that I could use in my backyard to help with uh, the vegetable garden. Um, you know, Austin mentioned earlier that um, AI can help, uh, you know, in wine pairing and so on. You know, I guess I'm struggling here. I mean, AI at the end of the day is still computer based. How can it? you know, quote-unquote, taste wine? Um, So AI can, uh, quote-unquote, taste wine by analyzing different uh, types of wine and what chemicals uh, comprise uh, the the particular type of wine. So there's a company called Tastry, and what Tastry does, it analyzes the wine using uh, natural language processing. So this is the same AI that analyzes words and linguistic patterns. Uh, it breaks down the wine into thousands of data points according to its chemical composition. Right. So if anyone who knows chemistry, chemistry is also a series of elements and compounds that are in the uh, that are essentially letters or a combination of letters, right? Uh, additionally, uh, what Tastry does, it takes a it does a questionnaire for a person, and based on the questionnaire, it analyzes the person's palate, right? And then it combines the two, right? So it it is it recommends a wine to a person based on the person's 
taste, which uh, is a way of, ha of uh, having AI tasting wine because it uh, takes the wine, it compares, uh, it takes the person's palate and it links the two, right? So it knows what, it, it, it figures out based on the palate, what kind of uh, wine a person would like. And then based on that analytic, it provides recommendations. All right, Is, does the same concept uh, come into play when helping connoisseurs with food pairing? Austin, you wanna to talk to us about that? Sure, yeah, it definitely does. It's a slight variation of what Dina just talked about, but um, because wines go well with certain types of food, Companies are now using the AI, you know, predict to predict these pairings in advance. So, um, so for example, Meredith Corporation and Saint Michelle Wine Estates, they're partnering with AllRecipes.com to per to perfect wine pairing. Um, so essentially, the AI um, combines the wines and then the recipe classifications to automatically generate that ideal pairing. And you can imagine if somebody's online looking at AllRecipes.com, they're going to say, "Hey." you know, I want to make this recipe. And then the AI is going to say, hey, how about this wine? You know, we predict that this wine will, will taste great with this recipe. Would you like to buy some? So it's a, it's a great way to mix in AI with advertising and, and food pairings. All right. Well, it sounds like AI and all the data that it's analyzing is very useful for the production and pairing and, you know, uh, enjoyment of wine. What about more practical business side uses, like targeted advertising, for example? Dina, you want to talk to us about this? Uh, sure, Eugene. So AI being used in targeted advertising is a well-known concept. And I think anyone who uses Google is being exposed to AI and targeted advertising because there's a lot of uh, AI algorithms that lack that run in the background of the Google search engine to uh, provide users with targeted ads. Uh, now, the same concept now is being used in the wine industry, right? So whether it's the person goes to a winery and the winery collects data, or whether a person uh, uses Google, right, to access uh, or search for different types of wine, um, all that data is being uh, uses an input to AI, right? A lot of it passed through their uh, natural language processing engine or algorithm to come up with wines or wineries that a person may like. All right. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of very interesting implementations and uses of artificial intelligence in the wine industry. What about from the legal angle, however? What are some things that we need to keep in mind there? Uh, Austin, you want to get us started? Yeah, so I guess we can talk about patents first. Um, AI is definitely protectable through patents, um, and that can be applied in the in the wine industry as well. So I'd like to just jump back to Kubota, who we talked about uh, at the beginning. I think they're a good example of a company you know that could protect their AI with patents. So as they're building the the AI driven robots. Um, you know, there's many aspects of the design that are going to be new and protectable, whether the whether it be the physical aspect of the robot, the software of the AI, or then the combination of the two. Um, but as they go through that process, you know, there's definitely certain hurdles to obtaining AI-related patents. Um, one of the big ones is that um, 
you have to prove that your AI patent isn't something that's an abstract idea. Um, but because Kubota, you know, is implementing their AI in the robot and for specific purposes, you know, I think they would have a leg up in writing their their patents in a manner that's that's uh, not abstract. You know, but that'll certainly take some skill and thoughtfulness um, to write the patents appropriately. And when it comes down to, it, I guess, just one final point here, I just I think it'll be important for a company like Kubota or or others in the industry just to be able to explain in enough detail, you know, how their AI is being applied and then you know how it's kind of working from from the base. Yeah, and uh, since autonomous industry, it's a fairly young field. Uh, the patents that may be gotten right now over the next few years may be a lot broader than the patents that may be gotten later on. So if uh, if there is a novelty or a new invention that's uh, that's being invented, especially in the robotics and uh, in vineyards, as, as, as in the application to the wine industry, it is it is important to see if there is uh, anything patentable there. Well, what about using trade secrets and not just patents to protect the AI issues? Well, how does that differentiate? Well, using something as a trade secret, uh, a trade secret is something that would give a person or a company competitive advantage, right? So trade secrets as opposed to patents must be kept a secret, right? For a patent, uh, a company needs to, or a person needs to make a full disclosure. And in return for that full disclosure, the person can get a patent and then keep it, and then it get a period of exclusivity where the person either keeps other companies uh, from making uh, the invention that's in the patent or license it, right? With trade secrets, uh, the person just maintains it a secret, uh, such as in Coca-Cola. So, so if there is a unique way of doing something, something that can, can be reversed engineered easily, one of the uh, things that a company may think about is keeping that particular innovation a trade secret as opposed to going and obtaining a patent. Well, what about other kinds of uh, intellectual property protection like copyrights and trademarks? Uh, can we talk about that a little bit and how that kind of co- uh, that kind of intellectual property uh, can be used to protect the use of artificial intelligence in the wine industry? Um, sure. So I'll talk about uh, copyrights. So previously, uh, we mentioned um, that Meredith uh, Corporation and Machine Wine Estates uh, came out with uh, wine and food pairings that was on allrecipes.com, right? And those pairings were created by an AI algorithm. Now, the current law in U.S. is that AI can or works produced by AI cannot be copyrighted. So there has to be care in determining what, if anything, can be copyrighted from the products that can be created, that were created by AI, or if there needs to be a human contribution to make sure that the wine pairings, anything else that goes with it can be copyrighted. Yeah, and then on the trademark side of things, um, it's definitely going to be important for to trademark AI in the wine industry. And, I mean, if we look outside of the wine industry, AI is already being, you know, trademarked, and people are distinguishing their AI from others. You know, for example, 
you know, if I say the words Watson, Siri, Cortana, or Alexa, it's quite easy to understand whose AI I'm talking about, whether it be IBM, Apple, Microsoft, or Amazon. Um, so, you know, as these companies in the wine industry start to build out their AI, it's going to be definitely very important to, uh, you know, to, to trademark their work. Um, so that way the customers knowing are knowing and can trust um, that the AI that's being used is the, is the AI that they want to rely upon. All right. Well, what other kind of considerations should people be keeping in mind when using artificial intelligence generally? I mean, what about like privacy and use of data? Uh, Austin, you want to, since I have you on the line, you want to talk about that too? Yeah. So privacy is an interesting one for sure. Um, you know, that's, it's prevalent in all fields. So it'll particularly be prevalent here as well. Um, I kind of want to jump back to, you know, Dina talked about Tastery earlier. Um, just to refresh, you know, there's companies out there that, you know, use questionnaires to better understand consumer preferences. Um, and then, then, then off that, Tastery is using the um, AI and chemistry to decode the flavors of the wine, combining their decoded wine um, with the data collected from the third parties, and then predicting, you know, how likely it is that a particular customer is going to like a, a given wine. Um, so, you know, anytime somebody is using client data for ads, you know, there's always going to be that looming question of who does the data belong to, who can it be used by, you know, and who can disclose that data. So, you know, the question of whether client data should be, you know, stay within the company that's using it exclusively or if it's allowed to be shared around is, you know, definitely up for interpretation as, and is uh, a really important consideration to think about. Yeah, so something that something else to think about is uh, AI, and it's true for any type of AI, not just in the wine industry. Um, AI is being trained to come up with the right answer on data. Right? It's called training data. Right, so it can be data collected by the wineries directly or provided by a third-party vendor. And it's very important to figure out who owns that data and if there are any privacy issues or privacy laws that may be broken if a winery is, uh, is using that data. Well, since we're talking about using data inappropriately, um, maybe let's talk about defensive use of intellectual property before we wrap up our session today. Dina, do you want to close us out? Sure. So I'll, I'll talk about um, patent infringement. Right, so this is where a company is obtains a patent, and then another company is uh, suing, or, or the, the the company is trying to enforce that patent right? now against other um, other companies in the field. And uh, this area is very important for AI generally because the the AI technology is is new. Right. It's new, it's growing. Uh, the patent office is investing in AI examiners, which as an end result, um, allow patents. And because the AI industry is new, those patents are fairly broad, right? And they're being allowed in robotics, natural language processing, autonomous driving, image processing spaces, right? So what does that tell us? Uh, that tells us that in a few years, there's going to be a lot of AI-driven uh, litigation, right? Now, since, AI, since the wine industry is investing in AI, 
one of the results of that is that the wineries may be involved in one way, shape, or form, either defensively or, or offensively in, uh, in AI-related IP litigation. So this is something else for our wineries to watch out and look out, uh, for, look, out, look out further down the road. Well, thank you both Dina and Austin for joining us today to discuss the use of artificial intelligence in the wine industry. And I want to thank all of our guests and listeners again for joining us for this episode of AI Chats. You can find today's episode and future ones as well on major podcasting platforms such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon. Our podcasts and relevant articles about artificial intelligence topics are also located at the firm's AI and Deep Learning and Practice webpage, which can be found at haynesboon.com. Our practice page also contains contact information for all the lawyers in our practice group. Please feel free to reach out to any of us if you would like to suggest topics for further AI Chats episode. Thank you, everyone, and take care.